of y'all. Perfect. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to 7th Street Christian Church. It's good to have y'all. A few announcements. Um, happy Veterans Day to everyone, and particularly those who have served um, our country. And if you, um, if you brought stuff, uh, thank you. And there's things out on the Narthex table, um, history items of those who have served um, that are from our congregation, and it's really interesting. So take a peruse um, after worship. Um, second, welcome Festival of Brass. Thank y'all for playing. Um, third, there's a board meeting tomorrow, 7 p.m. So for those who are supposed to be here and attend that meeting, don't forget. And if all others want to come and join the board meeting, you're welcome. <laughs> you, can, you can take Dessa's place. You do have to take minutes. <laughs> um, fourth, uh, we'd like to extend a welcome to Reverend Diane Ferris. Stand up, Diane. Diane, all right. Diane serves as uh, the senior pastor of St. Paul's Christian Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. She uh, ran the Richmond Half Marathon yesterday, her sixth, and we congratulate her. And all others, I saw actually uh, Pete and Chuck Richardson, they clearly ran it yesterday. I spotted them, so I don't know. Congrats to everyone who ran it. But Diane, since she was in town, I grabbed her, and we are doing a joint sermon for y'all today. So um, you get that to look forward to, or at least her part. No, glad you're here. Um, some clarification on the Thanksgiving dinner. Usually we have an annual Thanksgiving lunch. There is not going to, that's not going to happen this year. We just didn't get our act together. There's some things, issues down in Hanover Hall, so we're going to, skip it for um, this year. However, we are definitely doing the Christmas dinner. So we wanted to make sure everyone knew about that, and that is December 16th. So, And there's some other fun things happening um, in the near future, and Jamie Babzak's going to tell you about that. But wanted to make sure you knew that there wasn't a Thanksgiving dinner, unless you all just want to bring a potluck. But see, it's too complicated. But anyway, all right, go. So no Thanksgiving dinner, but we will do a Christmas dinner on December 16th. Um, good morning. I just have a few announcements regarding children and youth. Um, next Sunday is a Wandering Through Worship Sunday, the 18th. Um, and then in December, for the first four weeks of December, we're going to be doing Wandering Through Advent. So there will be Wandering Through Worship every Sunday for those first four leading up to Christmas. Um, we're going to be exploring um, the nativity um, actually in worship as well. We'll have a nativity moment each week where um, children and youth and those young at heart um, are welcome to come forward and we're going to be meeting the various characters of the nativity um, during worship. So that's really exciting. We're looking forward to it. One other uh, event. Hey Ellie, <laughs> you just popped around the corner. That was hysterical. Um, we have Faith, Family, and Friends on Friday, November 30th. At 6.30 p.m., um, we're going to be making Advent wreaths that you can take home and celebrate each week of Advent um, at home with your family as well. So come and join us for that. Uh, 
good morning, friends. So this is an announcement that Holly has asked me to make. Um, I'm Holly's friend and also I'm her roommate. And so um, this will be the last Sunday that Stone is in church with us. Um, Stone will be put down this Friday. And so um, that's the plan right now. And so I just want to invite y'all to make sure you get a good pet in um, and to offer Stone a little love today. He's going to be in worship with us. Um, but I know that I'm so thankful for the ways that he has enriched my life, and I'm thankful he's been here with us. So if y'all will just make sure you get a, a good pet in, and maybe try to judge by Holly's facial expression if she wants to talk about it or not. <laughs> um, with that, let us prepare our hearts to worship God.
Will you please stand and join me in the call to worship? <clears throat> Be gracious to us, O God, for to you we cry. We call on you in the midst of trouble. We know you will answer us. Gladden our souls, O Lord. We lift up our souls to you. Turn to us. Be gracious to us. Give us your strength. There is no one like you, for you alone are God. Let us join our hearts and voices to worship the Lord. Would you please turn to page 27? <clears throat> Come, thou almighty king, and we'll sing verses 1, 3, and 4. O oh God, you created us. You know us and understand us. You realize that at times we come up short. We desire to be generous, but withhold from others and from you. We desire to be Christ-like in our actions, but we can forget and follow the values and examples that this world offers. We desire to be kind and loving, but can allow fatigue and stress to deter us from these good intentions. Forgive us, O Lord, and allow your grace to wash over us. Help us to forgive others and to forgive ourselves and to begin anew each day. And hear us now in the silence of these moments as we confess to you what is ours right to confess. those who follow Christ should consider ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ. Hear and proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God.
and to have the passing of the peace. I will be reading from Genesis 16, verses 1 through 16. Now Sari, Abram's wife, bore him no children. She had an Egyptian slave girl whose name was Hagar. And Sari said to Abram, You see that the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my slave girl. It may be that, uh, that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. So after Abram had lived for ten years in the land of Canaan, Sari, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her slave girl, and gave her to her husband, Abram, 
as a wife. He went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. Then Sari said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my slave girl to your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sari, Your slave girl is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sari dealt harshly with her, and she ran away from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave girl of Sari, where have you come from, and where are you going? She said, I am running away from my mistress, Sari. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will so greatly multiply your offspring that they cannot be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Now you have conceived and shall bear a son. You shall call him Ishmael, for the Lord has given heed to your affection. He shall be a wild ass of a man with his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he shall live at odds with all his kin. So she named the Lord who spoke to her. You are Elroy, for she said, Have I really seen God and remained alive after seeing him? Therefore the well was called Berlaharoth. It lies between Kadesh and Bered. Hagar bore Abram a son. And Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him, Ishmael. The word of the Lord. Continuing on with that story, maybe. The Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abram, Abraham a son in his old age. At the time of which God has spoken to him, Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son whom Sarah bore him. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, 
Who would ever have said to Abraham and Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. The child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, playing with her son Isaac. So she said to Abraham, Cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for it is through Isaac that offspring shall be named for you. As for the son of the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about a distance of a bowshot, For she said, do not let me look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. The word of the Lord. Sometimes I dream about Earth, where I was born. I imagine what it would have been like to grow old, surrounded by my own people, with my sisters and my cousins all around me. My family was close. We took care of each other. If only I could have gotten advice from my aunts and my mother, maybe they would have known just what to do so I could conceive a child. I was so young when we left Ur, just a newlywed, ready to follow Abram anywhere. It was exciting, setting out into the unknown. I don't regret any of it. We've had such a fulfilling life. We've seen so much. It was in the wilderness that my life changed. It was in the wilderness that I found God, and God saw me. Who would have thought that I, ordinary Sarai, would capture the heart of Pharaoh 
We've had so many adventures. And God has protected us everywhere that we went. If I had stayed home, I never would have known how truly powerful and wise Yahweh is. I never would have seen how vast and amazing the world is. Our lives have been so blessed, Abram and I. Oh, Abram, he's such a good and faithful man. We make a great team. He treats me like a partner, his trusted companion. He never complains to me about not having children, but I know he wants a family so badly. We both do. He could have easily taken another wife, one who would bear him children, but he won't do it out of his love and respect for me. It doesn't matter what he says, how often he tells me how beautiful and brave and smart I am. Most days I still wake up feeling like a failure, worthless. Motherhood comes so easily for all the women around me. Why can't I manage this one simple thing? I have been so faithful, God. I have followed you across the desert, through the wilderness, trusting that you would provide, trusting that you would fulfill your promises. I have served you with all my heart. But now, in my old age, everyone looks down on me. They think I'm cursed because I'm barren. Even Hagar, who was my dearest friend, who listened to me pour out my heart, who has cried with me so many times, she knows how much I want to bear children of my own. She gave me the idea, maybe I should try a surrogate mother, and I could at least raise the child. She told me what a good mother I would be, so caring and nurturing. But even she makes me feel worthless now. For years, years, I have tried to get pregnant, and it happened to her so fast, so easily. And she won't even talk to me now. She thinks she is so much better than me, so blessed and so special. I feel betrayed by Hagar, by Abram, but most of all, by God. Met Sarah and Abraham many years ago when my father, the Pharaoh, wanted Sarah for himself. Sarai and Abram, as they were known at the time, had just fled to Egypt to get away from the famine. To protect Sarah from rivals, Abram told everyone she was his sister. It took a very large gift of livestock and plagues from God to convince my dad she was not his to have. He gave her back to Abraham and with her, me, saying that it is better that my daughter should be a slave in the house of such a woman than a mistress in another house. My new life with Sarah and Abraham was good in the beginning. Sarah was very kind. She treated me well. We were confidants, even friends. 
Sarah always shared about how her God had promised she and Abraham a child. But it hadn't happened yet. She was still holding out hope, but knew she was still getting older. Sarah wondered why God would make such a promise and not see it through. I had almost forgotten that I was a servant. Almost until the day Sarah came to me with an idea. She wanted me to be her surrogate. For Abraham to make to take me as a wife, to lay with him and try to bear a child that she could raise on her own. It was customary. I knew it was a possibility, but I didn't think it would really happen. My reality had been reduced to a slave and all the possibilities that came, and all the responsibilities that came with it. I wanted to please Sarah. I wanted to make her happy. Abraham is a good man, but I did not love him. I did not want to lay with him. I did not want to be his wife, but that wasn't my choice. I kept thinking about my father's words. I had become a mistress, and that thought made me angry. It made me resentful towards Sarah. It broke our friendship, and everything changed. A few weeks passed, and I realized I was with child. And though the circumstances that led to me being pregnant were less than ideal, I was grateful that I conceived. I was thankful that my duty had been done. I hoped Sarah was pleased. At the same time, I felt strong again. I felt accomplished again, like the person I once was in my father's house. But as the baby grew inside me, the thought of giving it up to be raised by Sarah and Abraham was painful. It was my child, my flesh and blood, my resentment and contempt for Sarah grew. And it was clear that her resentment grew for me too. It appeared that things between Sarah and Abraham were also on rocky soil. My friendship with Sarah quickly deteriorated. I had no one to turn to, no one to talk to. I was pregnant and alone, and no one could help. I had to wonder, where is this ever-present God that Sarah and Abraham are always talking about, that they are always trying to please, that they are always claiming is so faithful? Look at this broken mess of unfulfilled promises and dreams manipulated by high-handed humans. I couldn't take it anymore. I thought it would be better if I were alone in the wilderness, then to constantly be berated by Sarah. And so I left. I was with Sarai in the wilderness, and God changed her life. God was with Sarai and Abraham as they traveled across Canaan, 
trusting faithfully in God's promise to make their descendants as numerous as the stars. It wasn't easy. At times it felt like God had forgotten them or even betrayed them. But long after Sarai had given up hope, God spoke to her. God heard her cries, her, an elderly, childless woman who felt like a failure, who felt like she was looked down on by everyone else, an outcast because of her barrenness. But God heard her cries. God was with her in her sadness and her frustration, in her loneliness, and when her hope was gone. God was with Hagar in the wilderness, and God changed her life. It was in the wilderness that Hagar found God, and God saw Hagar. Sitting by the spring of Shur, God appeared to Hagar. God knew Hagar's struggles, her broken heart, her fear. God hears her and sees her. God knows her and calls her by name. God speaks to Hagar and acknowledges her pain and assures her that everything will be all right. God saw Sarai. God gave her a new name, Sarah, as a sign of his promise to bless her and give her a son. In Genesis 18, when the Lord visits Abraham and Sarah's tent, God asks for her by name, makes sure that she hears the promise for herself, and even speaks directly to her. When Sarah laughs at the idea that an old woman could still have a child, the Lord says to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time, I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And the Lord says to her, Oh, yes, you did laugh. I love that Sarah laughs, and God hears her laughter. And it's because of Sarah's laughter over what God is about to do, how God is about to change her life, that God speaks to her. Her laughter shows that she still has a spark of joy, of hope, that this ridiculous promise could come true. The name of their son, Isaac, means he laughs. And after his birth, Sarah says, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. No longer does Sarah feel like people are laughing at her barrenness. They are sharing her joy over how God has transformed her life. Sarah finds joy in God's unexpected surprises. In having taken a path different than she imagined but one which was incredibly fulfilling, a path that helped her encounter God in powerful ways. 
Hagar is told to go back to Sarah and submit to her. I can only imagine the complexities of feelings that would accompany such a command. God tells Hagar to name her son Ishmael, meaning God will hear. It is a sign that God will always be with Hagar and Ishmael. This gives Hagar the courage to go back to Sarah and Abraham because she is able to return with God's assurance that Ishmael is going to grow up to be strong and successful. Ishmael will have many descendants in that he will be the type of person that will not be submissive but will stand up in the face of injustice. Part of us might desire more freedom for Hagar. We might wish her story to end packaged nicely with a red bow. But unlike our sitcoms and reality TV shows, we can't easily create a happy ending in 30 minutes. But we can learn a lesson from Hagar, who is able to make peace in the moment. Hagar knows that there will be a new form of freedom in the future. She must wait, but now she has encountered God. She knows that God sees and hears her. She is now able to rest in the knowledge that God keeps promises. She can now return from the wilderness and share this transformation with others. Few women in the Old Testament with a name a story, who is held up as a founder of our faith. Sarah's story reminds us that with God, despair and hopelessness don't have the final word. We are not left alone in the wilderness. We are part of a bigger story that transforms emptiness into fullness, despair into laughter. None of us are worthless in God's eyes. God saw and spoke to and fulfilled promises to an old barren woman and a feisty slave girl. To women who may have been outcast and discounted by others. God called to be the matriarchs of three great faiths. Christianity and Judaism trace their roots back to Abraham through Sarah's son Isaac, and Islam through Hagar's son Ishmael. Can you too meet God when you feel like you are wandering through the wilderness? God sees you and can transform your despair into hope. May you trust God to lead you out of the wilderness, back to the people and places that need to hear your story of hope and transformation. Let it be so. you feel called to unite with 7th Street Christian Church as we 
work together to move in the ways that Jesus calls us, we invite you to come forward during the singing of our hymn of commitment, We, Your People, God Confessing. We will sing verses 1 and 4. Let us stand and sing. You may be seated. Stone, you want to sit too? No. Okay. <laughs> you just stand there. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, it's still on. That's good. Um, many of us know Margie. Um, you were a member before, right? Or your family was? So I was born in this church. That's right. You were born <laughs> in this church, raised, went away, and then has come back. So we welcome her back to 7th Street Christian Church. Um, we extend the peace of Christ to you and ask that you affirm your faith in Jesus the Christ. Do you? Yes, I do. She does. All right. <laughs> we also invite everyone to turn to page 341, welcoming a new member in your hymnal. Y'all there yet? Thank you for marking the... Reaffirming our own faith in Jesus the Christ, we gladly welcome you into this community of faith enfolding you with our love and committing ourselves to your care and the power of God's spirit let us mutually encourage each other to trust God and strengthen one another to serve others that Christ church may in all things stand faithful Margie we welcome you and are glad that you are back and she will be in the back after service so we can hug her and give her handshakes and welcome her back. So thank, thank you. you. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Dear Lord, on this day, we give thanks for the work, sacrifice, and service of all of our veterans, both past and present. We ask for your blessings on them and their families. 
Lord, we also ask you to be with the families of all of the victims of the multiple shootings that have occurred over the past week. Bring your solace and peace to their survivors, and may we as a society work to prevent future such occurrences. We pray all of these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today's special offering supports our higher education institutions, undergraduate and graduate seminaries. As the former chaplain of Barton College, one of our undergraduate institutions, and as a former employee of higher education and leadership ministries of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, and as a graduate of Vanderbilt Divinity School and the Disciples Divinity House, I know firsthand the impact our Disciples of Christ institutions have on the formation of personhood and people's faith. I also want to take a minute to, if, to have anyone stand who has been connected or is, continues to be connected to one of our higher education institutions. Stand up. I know you are. Mary Rose. Look her. Yeah. So you may be seated. Your financial support of these higher, in, higher education institutions ensures that they continue to serve those who cannot afford school and even supports the chaplains that serve these institutions. So today, as, you're, as you share your gifts with 7th Street Christian Church, I hope that you will also consider to give to the higher education special offering. Let us commit ourselves in service as we worship God through our tithes and offerings.
gracious God, give thanks for these offerings, these gifts of our hands and the fruits of our labor. Accept them as expressions of our response to the life and love you have given us. Amen. Amen. You may be. Here at the table, there is something that will satisfy our hunger. No matter how long we have wandered or waited, here we find what our hearts have been searching for. Here we seek the one that seeks us. In this bread and in this cup, we celebrate something we don't fully understand. But it's in the mystery that we are reminded of God's faithfulness and the hope that fills and sustains us. So come to this table with excitement to taste and see that God is with us. You are welcome at this table of grace. Please join us in singing verses three and four of our communion hymn, In All the Seasons Seeking God. As we gather around this table, we remember the story that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered with his friends and took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them and said, this bread is like my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup and blessed it and gave it to them and said, the the wine in this cup is like the blood in my veins, poured out to give you new life. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your sacrifice of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. As we come together for this communion service and in the quiet of this moment, we remember the words of Jesus when he said to his disciples in the upper room, do this in remembrance of me. God bless this bread, the symbol of Jesus' broken body and all who partake so that we can feel the peace and strength of your and Jesus' presence in our hearts, minds, and souls at this moment and throughout our lives. Lord, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Our Father in heaven, we have come again to commune at your table to celebrate the everlasting life because you loved us so much that you gave your Son for the forgiveness of our sins. We ask that you bless this wine today and all of us who take of it 
In the name of our Christ and Savior, amen.
Let us pray. Loving God, with gratitude for your holy nourishment about this table, we dedicate our lips to be the hopeful voice of Christ to the despairing, our hands to reach out in Christ's name to heal the broken, our feet to walk with Christ to visit those who are shunned, our bodies to be Christ's living sacrifice to break the power of death. Take us, empower us, use us. In the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Let us stand and sing our closing hymn, Lord, you give the great commission. We will sing verses 1, 2, and 4.